want to ask you, what, what keeps you up at night? You know, what thoughts keep you, like, tossing and turning? You know, what twists in, in your gut? And uh, I want you to think, what is that? What is it? You know, is it a personal struggle that you're losing? And so you're hurting yourself, maybe hurting someone you love. Is it a relationship that's gone south and, and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it? Is it a lapse in, in character that maybe happened a long time ago, but now it's costing you dearly? Maybe a poor decision that, that you made and now you or, or someone else is paying a really high price for it. What, what is it? What is it that keeps you awake at night? Uh, sin that, that's kind of consuming you? The realization maybe that you've wasted years of your life in, in a quest uh, to have it all, you suddenly realize you, you don't have anything. Maybe it's a financial mess. Maybe it's a health crisis. Maybe it's a, a great loss. Maybe perhaps you're carrying a burden for someone else, a child, a parent, a friend. Maybe you're facing a future with uncertainties and it scares you. Maybe you're afraid of being alone. Maybe today you're facing a situation that's out of control, at least out of your control. And you do something if you could, but you can't. And you can't get it out of your mind. You can't shake it. You can't sleep. You can't find rest. It's consuming desperation, dislocation, separation, condemnation, revelation, temptation, isolation, desolation. How many of you can identify with what I'm talking about? Friends, Life, life is full of situations like that. The, the, those things that challenge us. And we're all going to have seasons like that. Now, I'm always telling you, we are in one of three places today. Either you're going through a tough situation right now, or maybe you have weathered through and... Things are kind of subsiding in, in your life. And if you weren't one of those two, then you need to know something's brewing. And it's on the horizon. True? We live in one of those three states most of the time. And today what I want to talk about is how do you face a situation? How do you face it when, when you're at the end of your rope? You know, what do, what do you do? When you're in the midst of this chaos. You know, I find it interesting in the United States that we're a nation that was founded on hope. In fact, even today, people immigrate to our country from all over the world because they have a hope that they will find a better life in America. And so you might say we are a nation of hope. And hope is something that is essential in life. I was reading a study, uh, Dr. Harold Wolf, uh, professor at Cornell uh, University, is in the School of Medicine. And he did a study about the effects of hope 
on people's lives. And he studied 25,000 prisoners of war, uh, most of those from World War II. And what he found was that these prisoners survived under terrible conditions, inhumane conditions. They endured uh, abuse, uh, most of the time even torture in their life. And that they, they faced those situations with this incredible strength. And as he interviewed them and studied, what he found was there was one common denominator that helped them get through. And they all had a high degree of hope. At the end of his uh, writings on this, he says, when, when a man has hope, he's capable of bearing incredible burdens and cruel punishment. He can handle almost anything. When he's got hope. Hope. You know, I find it curious as I've watched our society uh, kind of shift through the years. And there's been this subtle shift. And it's noticeable, and it has to do with our expectations. You see, most people do not hope for the best anymore. What what you find is they hope that the worst won't happen. That's a shift. Every week I I talk to people and people who are are wrestling with with problems, with pressure in their life that are in, in really tough situations. And every week, right before I walk out here, I am I'm keenly aware that some of you are carrying heavy burdens in your life that you are experiencing deep heartache. In fact, I know that for some of you, this has been a tough week, that you're discouraged, that you're depressed. And if you were honest, you would say, you know, my back's up against the wall. You know, what do you do? What do you do? Where do you find hope when you're at the end of that rope? You know, I believe that the church has a God-given DNA. And that we are to be the body of Jesus Christ. We're to be a place of worship. We're to be a place of fellowship of believers. We're, we're to be a light to this world, to reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. But I also believe in our DNA that God designed the church to be kind of a spiritual filling station, if you will. Because the fact is we need Weekly injections of inspiration. We need renewal. We need hope. And I believe we need to be reminded that we have the kind of hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, I'd be, I guess, be honest with you. If hope set with me, I would run out of material. I mean, I could not help you very much in life, not on a weekly basis at least. But God has given us thousands of promises in his word about hope, and that's what I want to look at today because that's our, our, our resource. That, that is where we go when, when we hit the end of, of that rope and we're not sure what to do, our back's against the wall. I want to look at Psalm 62, and I'd encourage you to read this psalm this week. But Psalm 62, if you go to verse 5, you find the heart of it. And it says, 
Find rest, O my soul. In God alone, my hope comes from him. I mean, where do you get hope? There's nothing worse than putting your hope in something that lets you down. In fact, you need hope that's reliable. You need hope that lasts. And scripture says, put your hope in God. God alone. I mean, what what do you do when you hit a crisis in life? What do you do when you hit a, a tough situation? You know, as I watch people, it's kind of like a scene out of Star Wars, and it's featuring uh, C-3PO. You know, remember him? I mean, we see we see three Ps. We panic. You know, that's kind of worry and warp speed. Oh, no, this is not good. What's going to happen to me? And then we kind of segue into another P, pity. Anybody ever have a pity party where you wallow in it? You go, oh, I'm so miserable. Come join me. It's awful. (laughs) And then we get really pessimistic. And we we start seeing everything in a really negative way. We we get this uh, cynical perspective on everything. C, three Ps, panic, pity, pessimistic. Oh, C-3PO, get it? Okay. (laughs) It's true, though. That's one way to deal with crisis and problems, tough situations. But there's another way. I mean, God's got a better way when we're in that situation. You know, don't panic, but, but lean on God. Scripture says, it starts out in Psalms 62, 1 and 2. It says, my soul, David writes, finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my what? And my? He is my? I will never be shaken. Friends, when when you experience a tough situation, I think our first uh, gut instinct it is to, to run. I mean, we panic. We, we want to run. That's why uh, public buildings, all the doors open outward. Because they know if there's a crisis, people panic and they run. And that's what we do in life, isn't it? I mean, we try and escape thrills, pills, alcohol, all, all kinds of things. People have a tendency to run when there's a problem in their life. That's just the way it is. When the crisis hits, when we get rocked, when, when vertigo becomes a problem in our life, more than anything, you need equilibrium. You need to be stabilized in your life. I mean, stress, stress disrupts your equilibrium, shakes things up. You get all stressed out and all of a sudden you've got all these vertigo problems in your life and it makes you feel like you're losing your bearings. You ever been there? You need something to stabilize you. And I believe it's reassuring to know that God, God that created this world, never changes. That God is a rock. That God is a fortress. That God is never shaken. 
And although you may be dealing with problems and those problems come and go and they knock you around, God is steady. God is steady. So you lean on God for stability. It's interesting, natives to the uh, South Seas Islands. It's an area where they have a, a lot of hurricanes and typhoons. And even in this day and age, natives to those islands will strap themselves to the big palm trees that are on the islands. And they strap themselves there because they understand that they may lose their home. They may lose everything that they have. But if they tie themselves to something that is rock solid, that they're going to make it. And I'm going to guess today some of you feel like you're in the middle of a storm. You feel like you're getting battered around. Your equilibrium is being tested. You feel like your back's against the wall. And my advice today is lean on God. Connect yourself to that solid rock, to that mighty fortress. That's where you find stability in the storm. David goes on, he says, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will what? Not be shaken. Won't be shaken. Now, I, every once in a while, I, I've got TiVo, so I don't watch commercials a whole lot. But every once in a while, I'll be like, okay, i got to catch up on commercials again. And I, I'm always amazed because there's a commercial. It's been around for ages now. But it says, you're in good hands with who? See, we, we remember that. But when the storm hits, when you hit those tough times, what you should remember is that you're in good hands with God. You're in good hands with God. When, when life leaves you spinning, don't panic. Lean on God. God will give you stability. And don't pity, but look to God for salvation in your life. The psalmist writes, he says, My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. O oh, people, pour out your hearts to him for the God is our refuge, Selah. Selah is a word, it's kind of hard to translate, but it, it means stop, reflect, meditate on this reality. What's salvation? Well, it's deliverance. It's being set free. It's being released in, in your life from, from the chains and the shackles. You know, the fact is that God wants to help you. Whatever your problem is today, God wants to help you. And God not only wants to help you face that problem, God wants to be the answer in everything. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10.13, he says, No testing is overtaking you that's not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. God will give you a way out. Whatever that is that you face, God will give you a way out. How do I get God to work in my life? Well, 
Part of it is you've got to pour your heart out. That's what the psalmist says. Pour your heart out. You, you pray. You, you talk to God. When, when David wrote the psalm, he was going through tremendous turmoil in his life, and he just poured his heart out to God. One of my favorite books in the Bible, and I love the story of Jonah. I mean, Jonah, Jonah's on this Mediterranean cruise. He's running from God. He's getting, ends up getting tossed overboard, ends up in the belly of a giant fish. And, and his whole world has been turned upside down. And he's getting tossed and turned in the belly of this whale or whatever kind of fish it was. And it's desperate. I mean, it's a desperate situation. And Jonah, as he's in that belly... He says, when I had lost all hope, when I had lost all hope, didn't have any, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord and my earnest prayers went out to you in your holy temple. When life gets unhinged, what do you do? You turn your thoughts to God. That's, that's where you turn. That, that's where you're going to find what you're looking for, and you pour yourself out. You pour yourself out to God. You know, sometimes the only thing you can muster when, when is to just cry out to God and go, Help! Some of you today need to find the strength to just say, God, I need your help. That's where you'll find it, is in God. Early in my ministry, someone taught me the, the acrostic of hope is holding on, praying expectantly. Holding on and praying expectantly. Remember several years ago, I was talking to a guy. We actually became pretty good friends. But at the time I first met him, his life was a mess. He had blitzed through several marriages. His kids didn't talk to him. He had a pretty successful portfolio. But in about two months period of time, it unraveled. He ended up losing everything. And so when he sat with me financially, vocationally, it was a train wreck. Relationally, it was a train wreck. And I remember when he came in, he was depressed. And I think the word would be broken, just broken. And I remember talking with him and he began sharing all the people that he had trusted through the years that had let him down and all the things that he had trusted and how each time he'd place his trust in him, it would unravel. And he talked for quite a while. And uh, finally, um, he was quiet, and I sensed he was done saying what he needed to say. And I remember asking him a very pivotal question. And I said, are you tired of trusting the wrong things? I remember he looked up at me and gave me one of these looks. He didn't say this, but it was like, are you stupid? I mean, have you been listening to me? And he just blurted out, he goes, of course I'm tired. And I said, why don't you try trusting God? And I talked to him about some of the things we're talking about today. And I asked him, I said, would it be okay if I pray with you? And I prayed for him. 
And that was really interesting because when I finished my prayer, he started praying. And he just poured himself out to God that morning. And after he prayed, I remember we sat there very quiet for a while. And then he said, you know, Damon, I feel like a little bitty kid. He said, like a kid that's been hiding all his stuff, you know, from like mom, dad. And he said, my stuff just got worse and worse and worse. And finally it got so bad I didn't have an option. And he said, now, now I put it all out there. He said, I, I really thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to get punished for this. And I'll never forget him saying, that's not what happened. He said, for the first time in my life, I think there's hope. Some of you need that in your life. You, you need to lean on God to get the stability. You need to look to God for salvation. That's why last week we celebrated Easter. You know, when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, when he walked out of that grave, God conquered the biggest enemy that you and I have, and that's sin and death. And friends, if you think about it, if God can solve the biggest problem that you have, God can surely solve all the other problems. You know, Scripture says if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, one plus God is a majority. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're up against. It doesn't matter what situation you're facing. It doesn't matter how hopeless things may seem. If you've got God on your side, you're going to make it. You know, look to God for salvation. Are you looking there? You know, guys that spend a lot of time sailing, and I'm not talking a little bitty sailboats, I'm talking big sailboats. They, they said they always know when they have a, a rookie on the deck because one of the honors of being a rookie is that when it comes time to climb the mast and set the sail, the rookie gets to do it. And they said the rookies always, when they start to climb, the first time they're looking down, kind of paying attention to the guys down on deck, and that it will mess you up because you're getting tossed and turned up topside and you'll lose your vertigo. I mean, you'll end up with vertigo issues, you know, lose the equilibrium right away. And it's a little thing, but it's critical. In fact, many people have been hurt that way, even died, because they weren't looking up. They were looking elsewhere. And so when the rookie gets to the mast, what, what they do is kind of in unison, they'll all go, look up. When you get knocked back and forth, don't look at the situation. Look to God for salvation. You know, when, when you're, you're frightened in life and you can't find your way, look up. Look up. When you feel like everything's gone wrong, look up. And then one more thing, don't be pessimistic, but listen to God for direction. The psalmist says one thing, God has spoken. 
Two things. I've heard that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Friends, when God speaks, you have to be willing to listen. You have to be ready to listen. David says, God spoke, and I listened, and I learned two things. I was reading through parts of the Old Testament, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah. God's trying to guide Isaiah through a tough situation, said something very familiar. It sounds the same. He says, in quietness and in trust is your strength. It's in quietness, listening. There's two parts to, to prayer, and I think we forget the second one. I mean, the first part's pouring your heart out. You know, it's sharing, it's asking. But the other part is listening, listening for the answers, listening to God for for guidance. I mean, I believe most of the time we're so busy that we don't listen. You know, we're never quiet long enough to, to hear. Elijah, you know, we talked about him several weeks ago, but he, he found God in the still, small voice. Isaiah, Isaiah finally got the message that he needed to listen to God. David understood the importance of listening. God doesn't scream usually. God doesn't write it across the sky. It's in the quietness that God speaks. One of my favorite verses, Psalms 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Let God speak to you. Let God guide you. Let God give you direction. I mean, how do you, how do you get through the crisis? How do you navigate that hopeless situation? David makes two beautiful statements here. The first is, God is strong. And the second is, God is loving. And friends, you need both of those. You need both of those because not only does God have the power to do something, but God cares enough to do something about it. God cares about your situation. He cares about your battles. He cares about your struggles. He cares about what's going on. But you have to trust him completely. Jeremiah, some of you need to take this scripture. You need to embed it in your brain. You need to write it on a card. You need to recite it every morning when you get up. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan. God states for the record that the plan's not to harm you. The plan's to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future in your life. You know, consider Romans 8, 28. It says, for we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, do not misunderstand this verse. A lot of bad things happen in this world. You will experience pain and suffering in this world. But what God is saying is that God says, I will take those situations. I will take that garbage. I will take that suffering. I will take that pain. I will take whatever is undoing you. And if you give it to me, I'll bring something good out of it. God says, I can turn it around if you let me. Lean on God for stability. 
Look to God for salvation, deliverance. Listen to God for direction, knowing that God's strong and God's loving. Corey Tinboom, uh, they did the movie The, the Hiding Place uh, about her life, but was a Christian. She had helped smuggle out refugees during uh, World War II and was a survivor of uh, concentration camps, uh, the Nazi concentration camps. And she wrote, and one of, just beautifully, uh, how God worked in our life. But she says, no matter how deep the pit is that you fall in, God's love's deeper. God's love's always deeper. I mean, how, how do you guide through those difficult times? Well, you've got to tether yourself to God's word. You've got to fill your mind with the promises, just like the Jeremiah passage, to, to remember that those promises that are full of hope, you tether yourself to God. When, when you're down, when you're getting tossed here and there, when you can't find your way, you hold tight to God. When you've been through a crisis in your life, when during the day is it the worst? At night, isn't it? I mean, that, that's when discouragement settles in. That's when the loneliness hits and you're laying down for the night. I mean, so, so what do you do? What do you do? Well, Psalms 42 gives us God's solution. David's extremely depressed in his life. And he says, why are you downcast? Now, why is my heart breaking? Oh, my soul. Why so disrupted within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. Then down in 8, it says, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I believe God wants to give us songs in, in the night. He wants to, to comfort us with, with promises. And here's my question. How long, how long are you going to wait? You know, I, I believe sometimes God's got to put us flat on our backs. And I'm not talking about, you know, you broke your leg and you got to, you know, you're down. That needs to happen sometimes too. But I'm talking about when you lay down at night. Because it's in that moment that all the distractions go away. And we're still enough to just hear God. You know, Proverbs says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. If you can't sleep, you know, don't count sheep, but look to your Creator, the Great Shepherd. Look to the one that knows you better than anyone. Look to the God that, that loves you and has the power to make a difference. When you hit that pillow, let God speak to your heart. And I know some of you can identify with what I'm talking about. You are in the season of getting knocked around, 
vertigo is a problem now. Foundations have been shaken. You're losing ground. Dreams are, are collapsing. Maybe they've already collapsed. Things are spinning out of control. And you feel like you're at the end of your rope. And like everything's coming unglued and undone. And I want to tell you, you need, you need the power to keep, keep on keeping on. You need the power to, to keep going. I mean, where do you get that power? When, when it seems hopeless... You get that hope from God. You put your faith in God, in His plan for your life. You don't focus on what went wrong. You don't focus on everything that you've lost. You focus on God. You focus on what's left. And that will keep you moving. Now, I think I've shared before, uh, I like to scuba dive. And... Um, I'm very susceptible to seasickness. Those aren't always good. But I, I remember uh, being out. I was going to dive the Benwood, and uh, it's about a 140-foot dive out off the coast of Key Largo. And I was with a group of photographers that were, I mean, serious photographers. They had camera gear that was big dog stuff. And... Um, I remember us loading up and uh, what you do with these cameras, and they're expensive. They put them at the back of the boat in a trash can full of water to protect them. And uh, so after we got all loaded up, we, we headed out to the site. We finally got out there. I'm talking serious chop. I mean serious chop. And it took forever for them to get positioned for us to dive, and they kept back in the boat up, trying to get us where we needed to be. And then some other boats got in our way. And it was getting choppier and choppier and choppier. And I thought, are we ever going to get I'm thinking, I, I either need them to start moving the boat or I need to get in the water. And I'm getting hotter and hotter. It was like somebody turned the thermostat up. And my senses started getting very acute. Like, all I could smell was diesel fuel. And then I started feeling really sick. And so I head to the stern as fast as I can, and I I didn't make it. I didn't make it. That trash can got in my way (laughs) with all the great camera gear in it. (laughs) Yeah, I was not popular, and it wasn't a Kodak moment either. (laughs) it, It was just awful. I think that's the last time my wife went diving with me. She goes, I can't watch you do that anymore. You know. Friends, you may be getting tossed around. And the waters are churning. And I want to tell you, you can't just stay there and be okay. I mean, you're going to get sick. It will take you over. If you are going to get through, if you're going to be able to navigate and not have those vertigo issues, if you're going to get your equilibrium, you've got to start moving, and you've got to start moving in the direction that God wants you to move, and you need to do it now. You need to do it now. Whatever it is, you need to do it now. You need to say, just connect with God. You know, when I was studying hope, 
And I was thinking, okay, how do, how do you boil down everything that Scripture has to say on hope? And there's really two things that just scream through the Bible. And the first is, over and over and over, the teaching on hope is that it's never too late to start over. It's never too late to give it to God. It's never too late, whatever it is, for God to work. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what, what you've done wrong. It doesn't matter what you've lost. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter. God says, you know what? I can make you a new person. I can start over. It just doesn't matter. And the other thing that Scripture teaches over and over is that when you put your trust and hope in God and God alone, your best days are in front of you. Tomorrow will be a better day because you know God in a better way. You're allowing God to work in your life. You're growing in your relationship with God. And because of that, the best is ahead. The best is ahead. You know, after Europe was liberated during World War II, they were driving through and Germany. There was found on a wall, it was scrawled, and it said... I believe in the sun when it's not shining. I believe in love when I don't feel it. And I believe in God even when he's silent. That's hope. That's hope. God wants to be your fortress. God wants to be your stability. God wants to be your salvation. God wants to direct you and guide you and get you through. What do you do? You believe in him. You put your trust, your hope in him. You put everything in him. Just put your hope in him for your whole life. Do you need hope? Here's what I want to do to invite you to hope again, whatever it is, to hope again, to turn to God again. Some of you need hope, and there are various reasons. But what I want to do, and I won't won't embarrass, but if you need hope for something in your life, whatever it is, just stand where you are, and I'm going to pray for everyone at once. I won't do anything weird or strange, but just stand up where you're at as a statement, God, I need hope, and then you know what it is, but just stand up where you are, and we're going to pray, all right? God is a God of hope. And that is a promise, not from me, not from anyone else. It's a promise from God. And friends, what I know, I mean, I've been walking with God a long time. And I wish I could tell you that that I always stay tethered. But there are times I get panicked. There are times I've ran And then I remember again, I think that's why I like uh, the story of Jonah so much. I remember again, God's my hope. Whatever it is, I'm faith. God's my hope. And so let's pray together. Our holy God, there are probably as many reasons for need for hope as any of us could imagine today, but 
God, we stand before you in need of hope. Need of hope in relationships and finances and vocation. And, you know, maybe we're carrying burdens for someone. God, we need hope. Maybe it's a battle that we are losing and we are losing it bad. We need hope. God, whatever the reason, I pray that you would hear those cries for hope, those cries for help. And God, I pray that in those quiet moments that we would sense your direction, that encouragement, that you would pull brothers and sisters alongside, that your voice would be loud and clear. God, we thank you for your promises. We thank you that no matter what it is that we face, that we go through with you. God, things don't always turn out the way we planned. But you're always by our side. Sometimes the things that we thought we wanted so badly, we realize later the very thing that we wanted wasn't that at all. God, I pray that you would just keep us tethered to you. And I thank you for being our hope, our fortress, our salvation. We give you the glory this day. Amen.